Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Everything you need to know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. Kyler Murray has been activated. Well, admittedly, it's not really that huge of a story because if he wasn't activated, that would mean he's now done for the year, according to the rules of the public. But he's official. He's on the roster. Now will he be active on Sunday? That's two different things. They take on the Atlanta Falcons coming up Sunday at home, 2 o'clock. Nice win for the Coyotes last night. They won 4-3 in a shootout. Clayton Keller tied the thing up 3-3 early in the third period. Bukestad was the only player to score on either team in the shootout to give the Yotes the 4-3 win. Head coach, Andre Turini. I won't pretend it would play an excellent game, but we battle extremely hard and we call back and our uh, willingness to, to fight made a difference. Connor Ingram made 35 saves against the Seattle Kraken and then all three in the shootout. Now, hit the road. Coyotes at St. Louis face off tomorrow against the Blues at 6 o'clock. They're ranked! For the first time in the Jetfish era, the U of A has cracked the top 25 rankings in the college football playoff. They come in at ranked at number 21 between Notre Dame and ahead of Iowa. Top five, Ohio State, Georgia, Michigan, Florida State, and UW at number five. Five Pac-12 schools tied for second most with the Big 12 with five. SEC has the most at six teams. U of A takes on Colorado coming up Saturday at noon. ASU, this is nice. No hardcore football news, but their basketball team starts the season. Very strangely, they go up to Chicago for a neutral site game against the SEC's Mississippi State. Even more difficult to understand, Ray Anderson, is this game televised, yes, on Barstool Sports, which is a pay service online, not one of the major basketball carriers for you to be able to get a lot of attention and actually be excited about your team. Just an opinion. I think ASU basketball needs all the exposure they can get. They should not be on Barstool Sports. Uh, tip off tonight, 7.30. Suns! Well, uh, you know, I forgot to ask Jeff Weir Production, do we have, uh, uh, were you able to pull any Kevin Durant? No, sir. Oh, okay. Now, if you're wondering, like, Jeff Weir Production, why did you pull Kevin Durant? Well, I asked him to pull some Kevin Durant like 45 seconds before we did four-minute offense. Not a good move by me. But KD talked about being able to bring it against the Bulls. Did the standard. Well, everybody's working hard for them. Truth is, Suns should win this game. Right now, Devin Booker listed as out. However, Bradley Beal is listed as questionable. Some people think he might actually play. They are taking on the Bulls in Chicago. End of a three-game road trip. Tip-off tonight, 6 o'clock. And finally, okay, this is kind of hard to explain. But supposedly in the Midwest, this is the time of year where male deer, the bucks, are going crazy to find a mate. Well, this happened in Lansing, Michigan, and it's a little bit unexplainable because 
This deer isn't looking for just your average casual doe. He wants one that's all dressed up. <laughs> In a Michigan lingerie shop, watch this deer get a little fired up. Boom! Right into the mannequins and all the dresses and bras, and then knocking over a mannequin who looks at, hey, what's going on? And she falls on her face. <laughs> he crashed through the glass into two mannequins and then ran out for a second with a little bit of a lingerie night slip on the on the uh, antlers, but was able to shake it free and then escaped. And no one was harmed, but the lingerie shop has had some severe damages that they have to pay for. I'm sure insurance will cover it. The buck did not find what he was looking for. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass, Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. If you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen for the food, you're going to be shocked what a great bar it is. And if you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen because you want to experience a great country bar, you're going to be shocked at how great the food is. And if you want something different to do this weekend, on Sunday, head out to Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Main Street, Old Town Scottsdale, and they got the car show in which they actually shut down the street a little bit, Cars that are pre-1990, plus they've got pastries and they've got coffee. And you can walk in later for the honky-tonk brunch and have a great meal at Bell's Nashville Kitchen. You found home. Down home. We trudge forward today on Plugged Army. It's a little, it's a little mucky right now. Kind of walking through the mud. Walking through a little bit of a fog. We can't see what is in the distance. And it might be confusing, it might be frustrating, but there's only one way to get there, and that's through. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whatever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of a great American city that drops on your phone and your television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Mercs. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Good morning. I am I'm in a very, very strange mood today as I am just literally exhausted. It's a I, I live in a perpetual state of exhaustion. So I'm I'm never really sure what's going on. You know, there's always a little bit of fog in the head when you uh, sleep as strangely as I do. 
However, there seems to be a little more of it, but I can't complain because it's because it's kind of self-inflicted. I was it was I had a funny call yesterday. CEO Chris called me and said, "Are you in the office?" And I it was kind of a strange thing because it was only like 30 minutes after Doug Franz unplugged. And I'm thinking, well, I mean, I'm not Wolf. I'm not leaving, you know, as soon as the show's over. What do you? And then he goes, well, can you? And I'm like, Wait, what do you mean, can I? Can you leave? Well, yeah, I guess I can. He goes, okay, I want you to leave. Like, oh, all right. Because he wasn't feeling well, but he needed to come in, and he didn't want to get, any, uh, get me sick. And I said, okay, great. And then I, I said, well, what about everybody else? And he goes, I'm just going to try to stay away from everybody else. I said, oh, okay. And then I was assuming that he was right next to you all the time, Jeff, because, you know, that's just the way life is. Um, that, that would make me laugh if that was true. Did he try to keep his distance from you? No, he's my brother. So yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> his germs are my germs. My germs are his germs. That's love right there. <laughs> um, so he came in, I left, and then I, I had made three phone calls on, on the way because I was just going to work from home. I made three phone calls on the way from home. I was a little irritable, and whenever I get irritable, I think of – three things okay i think of my oldest daughter who is just such a wonderful person that if i'm around her i i usually calm down because she just she doesn't deal well with anybody's anger she doesn't she's such a nice person she doesn't understand why would anybody get mad so i i like to be around her or i like to be around beer or i want to golf and just take it out on the golf ball and then i said you know what i'm just gonna i'm gonna go hit a couple so I just I was just going to go to the range for a little bit, hit a couple balls, and then as I'm hitting, I just start thinking, man, I live in Arizona. How, how can there be problems in life? And I just keep hitting. And I'm like, what am I doing? And, I, and then I jumped on the course. <laughs> That's okay, fine. And then I started playing. So I played around, and then after the round, I had seen a guy. His nickname is Kirby. He used to cover the Seattle Mariners. And uh, and he's out at at the wigwam, and I saw him, and we started talking. So then I just stayed, and then texted Jennifer and my oldest Vienna, and said, "Hey, I'm over here at Reds. Uh, come in if you want, because because I'm eating dinner here." Like I just made the declaration, but that meant it was allowance. It means it had to come out of my allowance. That kind of stunk. Uh, and so I've already blown November's allowance. And what what is it? November eighth? Yes, November eighth. That kind of stinks. So I gotta I gotta wait all the way until the end of the month before. I don't know. I don't know how you do it in your family. My wife and I we have an allowance, so we get a certain amount of money at the beginning of every month, and you're allowed to do whatever you want with your money. The other person doesn't get a say. You can save your allowance and buy something big when you have enough allowance saved up. You can get small stuff. Do whatever you want. But anytime you spend money over your allowance, it becomes a family conversation. And and I get 49% of the vote of whether or not that's an acceptable purchase. And Jennifer gets 51. So it's worked well. It's worked well. I, I feel powerful in that sense. So uh, I've now blown my allowance on going out to dinner because the tickets for the playoff game that we went to that I told you about, that was an allowance purchase as well. So since I paid my allowance, now she's chipping in a little bit of her allowance, she says. I, I haven't heard about any donations yet, though, from her. So we'll see. I, I, well, uh, I'm watching, though. I would like to have some of that, my costs go down. So that means I have lower allowance, and all it took was going out to dinner one time this month, and boom. No, I'm out. So, hey, you want to buy me dinner anytime this month? <laughs> Cheers. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. But, man, that's why I mean it's self-inflicted. I don't think... 
I have it in me to golf during the week anymore. I got to push it off and wait until weekends to golf because I need to recover a little bit. I, I actually could do it in the summer because it doesn't matter in, in 115 degrees. I'm fine. I don't care. Just give me a Gatorade and enough beer and water and I could stand out there and golf all day. The catch is I can golf in about two and a half hours when I never stop. If I'm alone and I never stop because someone's in the way and there's no one in the way when it's 115, boom, boom, boom. I just move right along. Yesterday, it was awful. I was sitting in the cart forever waiting for this old group to, uh, to, to keep moving. And then because of that, man, I got tired just sitting in there in the heat. Let's go. Speaking of the heat, it's 57 degrees today. Do you, I didn't realize what a wuss I have become, but I got out of the car today. I was like, oh, hey, hey. I was, I could feel that a little bit. It's cold today. Um, okay, sound credits. NBA Action on YouTube. It's an NBA, it's a uh, YouTube channel, NBA Action. I get some of my NBA stuff from that and House of Highlights. So there's a free plug for those two because they usually do a good job of putting up some of the, the, the Suns don't put out road press conferences. They put out every home press conference, but not on the road. So this is a big help for me. To, uh, to find what, what's out there. azcardinals.com put out the uh, conversations with all of their uh, coordinators, so we grabbed some stuff there. Thanks to Sun Devil Source. Uh, one, there's one thing Kenny Ding- Dillingham said yesterday that grabbed me. And uh, where I got Doug's big one is from ESPN.com. If you don't mind getting that uh, ready in just a second, because I, uh, Mike Tomlin said something yesterday, and, man, I've got a lot to say on this topic and that's going to be my number one opinion of the day let's roll doug's big one doug's big one today it's not the pittsburgh steelers and it's not necessarily mike tomlin but it's the simple thing that i want to go by in an area if i don't know something or connect with somebody else well i want to know this what are the rules that's all i care it's a simple thing it's just simply what are the rules Here's what I mean. The young generation, and by the way, even though Izzy is young, I don't consider him part of this generation because Izzy works unbelievably hard. Free plug, 10 to noon, iOS, Izzy on sports. If you're a member of the Unplugged Army, please find a way to watch iOS. I'm totally serious about that. Great show, and it's just different every time, and I think you'll enjoy it. But this generation has this relationship with social media that's different than those of us who grew up without it and then have decided to embrace it. And in this generation, when you uh, wipe clean your Instagram account of all things, either from a different friend, from uh, an ex-relationship, or from your employer, that's a sign. That's an attack. That means you're angry at the world. The kids have said, I shouldn't say kids, the 20-year-olds have set that as a rule. That's the rule that they set. So don't tell me I'm a drama king, coach, when now we use that information to ask our questions. If you don't know what I'm talking about, George Pickens is a wide receiver, and wide receivers are almost all of them are divas. And this guy is fired up because the Steelers are winning without him. He's not catching a lot of balls, and he's fired up about it. So he wiped clean his Instagram account. So when the media asked about all of his frustrations, here's what Mike Tomlin said. Heck yeah, man. He expresses frustration all the time, man. Um, He wants to be significant. 
Um, he wants to be a reason why we're successful. Um, man, y'all don't begrudge that. Um, I want guys who want the football. I want guys who want to be central reasons why we're successful. And so that's, um, you know, that's a non-issue, to be quite honest with you. Are there any you've experienced, though, dealing with players, young players specifically, kind of working through that adversity, those frustrations? How do you coach a young player like that? Like breathing. It's easy. I know it's a cute story for you guys, but it is, it is a pebble in my shoe, to be quite honest with you, in terms of the things that I have to do in an effort to get this group ready to play this week. Our focus is on the Green Bay Packers and what we're all going to do um, in this football game. Uh, and I can't state it any plainer than that. It's like reality television, the way you guys follow social media and write stories about. I have a flood of opinions on this. Number one, there's a way to declare Mike Tomlin 100% dead wrong and brilliant at the same time. <laughs> you, can, you can do both. And the reason why I say you can do both, let's talk about the brilliance of Mike Tomlin. By Mike Tomlin flipping that on its head and say, hey, I want guys who want to be different ma- difference makers. I want guys who want to be the reason why we are successful. I want guys who want the ball. That is brilliant because he took away the storyline from George Pickens, a very selfish storyline, and turned it into a team-oriented, goal-oriented, this is where we're going, do you want to be part of the reason why we get there? That's both a challenge to his team and a challenge to future Steelers. That's why Mike Tomlin, is a, to me, is a great head coach. I realize he's only got one Super Bowl championship, and if we you know organize the annals of great coaches of all time – Some people aren't going to put Mike Tomlin on that list. I do put Mike Tomlin on that list, specifically because if I think Tom Brady is far and away not even close the greatest quarterback of all time, which I do, the only reason why that Mike Tomlin hasn't won multiple Super Bowls, in my opinion, is because Tom Brady exists. That's not Mike Tomlin's fault, okay? Now, yes, he's a defensive coach. It's his job to stop Tom Brady. Ben Roethlisberger is definitely a Hall of Famer, but there's a room inside the Hall of Fame that Tom Brady's going to have access to that Ben Roethlisberger is not going to have access to. Okay, Even though they're going to be both Hall of Famers someday, the gap is huge between the two of them. So that, that ain't all Mike Tomlin. I think Tomlin's a great head coach. But, coach, you full well know there is a line between... A desire to win, a desire to be the the uh, an important cog in the wheel of winning, and being selfish, and this is totally selfish on the on the part of George Pickens. Number one, if you are listening to the podcast right now, Apple, Google, Amazon, Spotify, or wherever it is you get your podcasts, you're wondering, Doug, why was there dead air for just a second? While everyone that's watching right now on WTSMTV.com knows why there was a delay. As we're paying homage to Larry Fitzgerald. So many people try to say that receivers are divas. And they try to say it just comes with the territory and we're all supposed to accept it. 
the greatest receiver of all time in 99% of football minds is Jerry Rice. I am in the 1%. I actually believe it's Larry Fitzgerald is the greatest receiver of all time. And the reason why I say that, and the numbers do not back me up. They back up anybody that argues it's Jerry Rice. I will take Joe Montana, Steve Young as Larry Fitzgerald's quarterbacks and let me see how his numbers look. And I'll give, God bless you, John Skelton, John Skelton, Max Hall, uh, Cade McDown, I think maybe at the beginning. Uh, I'll list all of the quarterbacks that have played with Larry Fitzgerald and say Kevin Cobb is not going to the Hall of Fame. And if, if Larry can put up the numbers that he did with that list of quarterbacks, give him Joe Montana and Steve Young and see what happens. So that's, that's my argument. But the point about those two men, you're talking about the men that are the lowest diva quotient in receiver history. And one of those two is the best of all time. And the other one, to me, is a clear number two. How do no receivers look at that and say, I can have everything I want and I don't have to have the the selfishness that goes with it. You can't tell me George Pickens is a team player. Your team won a football game, you're upset about it, and you go by the kid's way, the the 20-year-old way of doing things of, okay, I'm upset, so this is my way of I'm not talking to you. This is the seven-year-old in the sandbox. I am now going to wipe clean my Instagram account. That'll show you. And how do 20-year-olds react to that? If you're not George Pickens, everybody in that generation will say, oh, wow, he's that upset. He took down his Steeler stuff from his Instagram account. So, Mike Tomlin, your answer from a team leadership standpoint, and that's all that matters, brilliant. But from an actual logical you and I conversation, dead wrong. Because as soon as you said, it's a cute story for you, the pebble in my shoe was awesome. As soon as you say, you guys follow social media and turn it into some kind of reality show, and our focus is on the Packers, listen, this is that generation that has taught us to do that. They're telling us that that's that important. If you don't believe me, look at Kyler Murray. Do you really think Kyler Murray has lived up to the hype? Do you really think Kyler Murray, who wiped clean his Cardinal or his Instagram account from all the Arizona Cardinals pictures that were on it after a Pro Bowl, that was designed to get all kinds of attention, that was designed to show his anger, and that was designed to say, if you don't sign me to a contract extension, I'm not staying. Why else would you do that? It's a childish move from, that immature people do to try to get an effect because they don't think they're getting enough attention, enough footballs if it's a receiver, enough money if it's a contract holdout. That's what that's all about every single time. So, Mike Tomlin, for you to tell us in the media, we're now falling into this drama. No, the players brought it to us now. Why do I respect Mike Tomlin so much? He just put a hand down and squashed the whole thing just like that. He actually made it seem like in front of the camera, I've got George Pickens' back. I want people with that kind of attitude. Then he can turn right around and not be hypocritical. 
and bring George Pickens into his office and say, George, what are we doing here? Do you want to win or do you not want to win? And as soon as you do this, guess what questions I have to answer? Now we're talking about you and not the team. Do you you get this? Okay. I can understand you're frustrated. I'm glad you're frustrated. We keep that in-house. Because whenever you bring it out, the only person that loses is you. Does that make sense? And either Pickens is, is mature enough to accept that or he stays as a selfish person. Credit to George Pickens. You know what he did? He put all the Steelers stuff back on his Instagram account. Now, again, to me, I don't care. But the rules of social media as established by the generation that grew up in social media says that is a sign of maturity. That is a sign that everything's okay. All right, let's play by their rules. George Pickens, nice job after you screwed the whole thing up. Mike Tomlin, brilliant job. You were dead wrong the whole time. <laughs> There's my Doug's big one today. I don't I don't know if you like it when I go national. I I like to be able to find different things that are out there and and drive that home if I think it's the biggest thing on the docket. Coming up today at 7.15, Kevin Guy is going to join us, the head coach of the Arizona Rattlers, and he's the president of the Arizona Rattlers. News came out on Monday that they are moving, leaving downtown Phoenix, and headed out to Glendale to Desert Diamond Arena. That's uh, the new name for the old Coyotes Arena, so they'll be playing in Westgate. And uh, I think think this is a fantastic move. And... You might say, well, Doug, that's because you're a West Side guy and there's West Side bias. I don't think it's that. You have a right to believe that. I'm going to try to tell you that that's not it, but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong because it's my definition of the word bias. My experience in listening to the East Side, you know, like we always have this little rivalry, West Side, East Side here in Phoenix, and I get it, but this time I'm not, I'm not playing a game with it. The West Siders, when it comes to driving, I do think those of you on the east side are stuck-up snobs. I do. I'm not trying to be a jerk to you because I'm only talking about within this one aspect of life, and that is driving. Even in the announcement, you you hear the uh, team owner, Ron Church, saying, you know, our fans love going out there. Well, nobody on the west side looks at Glendale and says out there. Only east side people would say out there. Now, we might say, man, we have to drive to Gilbert for this or that. That stinks. Now, as a Goodyear resident, let me be the first one to tell you, Goodyear stinks. It, it, it is so. It was so poorly planned. So uh, the, the, the political leaders of that city over time, I don't care whether they're Republican or Democrat, have just done a terrible job of setting up that community to be able to handle its growth in such a way that we have an actual downtown. Chandler downtown, Gilbert downtown, Goodyear downtown. If you've ever been to those two downtowns and then you go to Goodyear downtown, you won't know you're in Goodyear downtown. We have nothing like that. They're supposedly building something that's supposed to create an atmosphere, but it's even their design is artificial. So I'm a little upset about the way Goodyear has positioned itself. But I'm bringing that up because Surprise has done a good job. Peori's done an okay job. But the West Side has done a poor job of planning basically fun and and making it a community thing. If you're in Chandler or Gilbert, you probably feel like at night, why do I ever need to leave Chandler or Gilbert? 
Now, I love the little downtown of Litchfield Park. Love it. Well, really, Litchfield. I, I, just, I just love that. But it's very small. Very small. Right at the corner where the wigwam is. I'm bringing this point up because a lot of Eastsiders, I know why. You think you know, there's no reason for you to leave. Your area is pretty cool. So you look at us as the peons and you never want to drive here. Yet all of us on the west side, we're used to driving all the time. And we do it without whining or complaining at all. But with the socioeconomic differences between the west side and the east side, here's what I totally believe is going to happen. I think there's a lot of west side people that cannot afford season tickets to the Cardinals, but they love football, deeply passionate about football, can't get enough football, and they're going to be able to afford season tickets to the IFL. And plus, the Indoor Football League is designed for a hockey arena. I think a lot of you Coyotes fans know the Footprint Center is not a hockey arena. It's a basketball arena. If you're a Suns fan, that's fantastic. That is fantastic. If you're new to the area and you don't know this about Footprint Center, you can have ice at the Footprint Center. Coyotes used to play there, okay? I, I shouldn't say you can't. I don't know in the renovations. If you know about the renovations and whether or not they could still do ice, I'd like to know that. I just realized I don't know if that got taken out. I would assume it wouldn't because you'd still want like Disney on ice and stuff like that. But I admit, I don't know the answer to that question. But it's designed as a basketball arena and can have an ice sheet. The problem is one entire section, like one goal, is completely blinded behind that goal. You can't see it from the upper deck because the upper deck hangs out over part of the ice sheet. That's why the Coyotes wanted to get out of downtown's arena because it wasn't a hockey arena. Well, by the Rattlers moving to the east side, or excuse me, to the west side, that arena is a hockey arena, so it's going to be much more conducive to a full field, which really is going to help if you have the team speed to take advantage of the extra space. The field dimensions are going to be the same. The catch is the end zones will be a full rectangle. There's more room in the end zones, and with that more room creates more space for a team that's fast. So team speed is going to be a little bit more important, and you have the best coach in, in indoor football history in Kevin Guy, especially when it comes to being able to recruit. This is going to be a great thing for the team. It's going to be a great thing for the fans. I totally support this move. We'll see if I'm right. And if the West and I think there's a little bit of the West side bitter at the Coyotes. And for them to be able to declare, hey, we want to prove that we can support our own team, I think there's going to be some Westsiders that come out for that. And then another reason is, and I heard Steve McCollum talking about this yesterday, and I thought he was, he was dead on, is every time you move into the summer, the Rattlers move into Mercury Conflicts, who, have, who take priority in the building when it comes to scheduling. So the, the Coyote, or the Rattlers never want to play uh, on a Sunday afternoon. Never. They want Friday or Saturday night, preferably Saturday night. Well, guess what the Mercury wants? They want Saturday night as well. So the Mercury always gets what they want. Then the Rattlers come out with their schedule after they're given the set dates. Then the arena downtown doesn't reserve any playoff dates. They use the arena to get concerts 
and they don't care about the Rattlers' potential playoffs. They say, we'll deal with that when it comes. So then whenever the Rattlers make the playoffs, it's always on a Sunday, harder for families to get there. So a good home field advantage during the regular season a lot of times dissipates in the postseason. And what did you fight for all year? You fought for home field advantage, and then you didn't really get one. That's never going to happen with the Rattlers on the west side as the arena out there is going to make them the priority and then reserve those those dates for them to have postseason opportunities. I, I think it's great. I think it's great all around that they're moving. If you disagree with me, hey, that's why Town Hall Tuesday exists. Please uh, send me a note, Doug, at DougFranzUnplugged.com if you want to email, at UnpluggedDoug if you want to tweet me or if you want to X me, and then at Doug Franz Unplugged if you want to post something to me uh, on Instagram. And speaking of Town Hall Tuesday, yes. um, I I will probably get ripped on Town Hall Tuesday for this morning. Um, we had a bit of an internet issue, so the first few minutes of the show was in and out. So oh, oh, I apologize for that. That's all me, and rip me if you want. <laughs> well, that's not, that's nice of you to say that, but is our audio okay? Is just you and I okay? Everything is fantastic. Oh, well, that's that's good. Now. <laughs> well, um, so everybody, uh, let's head over right now, 634 in the morning. Let's ho- head over to 100 Mile Brewing Company and beer on Jeff. There we go. We're serving Fury beer over the next five minutes. <laughs> All right, time's up. Uh, no, uh, not really. All right, we got. I got a... A lot of things I want to go over uh, with you today and things that grab me. I think Kyler Murray's number one. So coming up next, let's start right there. Kyler Murray is an active participant. And today is the main day of practice when the game plan is installed. We'll talk about how Kyler needs to look and what's ahead for the Arizona Cardinals. That's coming up next. He's Jeff Weir Production. My name is Doug Franz. I think Izzy's here. He helps out all the time, all morning long. We're gamers. We're here for you. Thanks for being a part of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. I know it's a little bit difficult to understand this, but right now is a fantastic time to get a new air conditioner. Your AC unit has worked unbelievably hard in one of the hottest summers on record in the city of Phoenix. Well, right now, Parker & Sons has stocked up on air conditioners for the summer, and now the summer's over. So they're not nearly as expensive to get those units because they need to move them on. So you get that tremendous advantage on price. Now, if you're not sure if you need a new air conditioner, join the Parker family plan. We've been on the Parker family plan since about, oh, I don't know, a year or two after we moved here, and it's been fantastic. I totally believe they helped extend the life of our current unit by keeping it up to date with its warranty, warned us of pending doom, we admit, and eventually we got a new one from Parker & Sons and saved a lot of money because we were on the Parker family plan. Call 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two. Then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray & McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub at Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. 
Cardinals and uh, and Kyler Murray, and I think that we can start things off in this discussion by I, I think the best thing would be to just review what is the pup list. I, I don't want to you know like you probably heard it you know around like crazy pup this pup that blah blah blah, but maybe nothing's actually been explained to you uh, on the pup list. So the pup list is always a training camp thing. Okay, you can't be put on the pup list today. I know that sounds weird. During the season, you have to be put on injured reserve, which works a little differently than the pup list does. Okay, so pup list, it stands for physically unable to perform. So pup, it's got to be football related. There's another thing, like let's say you get injured in a motorcycle accident. That is now NFI, non-football related injury. That's a different thing, and it's a different injury settlement. It's a different discussion, long explanation. The pup list is you played football, you got hurt playing football, and now you can't play football. And you can be put on it at the beginning of training camp or in the middle of training camp, near the end of training camp, whenever they want. You can be put on the pup list. If you're on the pup list, you count towards the 90, not the 53. Okay, what does that mean? When football is over, when we're actually not in season, and preseason is not considered in season, if you didn't know, even though we all say, hey, it's football season. But in that time frame, from right from cut down day right before week one until the Super Bowl, you have a 53-man roster and a practice squad. So your 53-man roster, if you're on the pup list, like Kyler has been, you don't count to the, towards the 53. So, therefore, the Arizona Cardinals have been allowed to have 53 people not named Kyler Murray on their roster. Now, when you take somebody off the pup list, they now immediately either, A, have now taken a spot on the 53-man roster, and you cut somebody else, or you're cutting them when you take them off the pup list. You've cut them, so you don't want them anymore. So that's how pup works. At some point... In that time frame, I, I should have looked this up. I believe it's between week, the beginning of week five all the way up until about week 13 is when you can be taken off the pup list. Am I doing a good job? Jeff Weir Production, are you confused by me explaining the pup list? No, because I, I know nothing about the pup okay, list. This good. is great. Okay, good, good. So in the preseason, I can take you off the pup list anytime I want. There's just one rule. I can't put you back on it. Okay, so if I take you off a pup, you you're now in. You're now part of my active roster, and I the only thing I can do is put you on injured reserve. And if I put you on injured reserve in the preseason, you're out for the year. Okay, injured reserve in preseason, out for the year. Injured reserve regular season, out for four games, and I can put you back in anytime I want. Pup list, I can bring you back after week four. There's a date in the season I can't take you off the pup list, and I forget which one that is. I think it's week 13, but I would have to cheat and look it up. So three weeks ago, Kyler Murray was taken off of the pup list. That's fine. So here's what happens. You now have a three-week window, and in that three-week window, your team allows you to practice because the difference is when you're on the pup list, you're never allowed to practice. That doesn't mean you have to run and hide during practice. You can stand out there and watch practice. You can go through drills with your trainer 
in order to get yourself healthy. But you can't put a helmet on and go out there and practice while you're on the pup list. Once you get removed from the pup list and you're in that three-week window, you now are kind of, it's almost like football purgatory if you want to go religious on this. You're in this never re- nether region of you're allowed to practice so the team can see if you're ready to play. But you're not allowed to actually play in a game unless they activate you. And you've got three weeks to be activated and put on the active roster. So that's what's happened with Kyler Murray, which to me, this is now speculation. I'm no longer speaking in fact. I think the Cardinals have never deviated from their plan. I totally believe this was set up a long time ago, and it was totally based on as long as we don't have any setbacks. So here's the mountains you're going to climb, and in preseason we want you to be here. By week two, we want you here. By week four, we want you here. Blah, 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 blah. And I don't remember where we're at. I think we're in week eight, if that sounds good. What are the Cardinals? One and seven? So so we're probably starting week nine, let's say. So, therefore, the Cardinals, for six weeks, had him on the pup list. Then three weeks ago, took him off of pup and put him into the football uh, purgatory. And then he's been practicing. But he hasn't been allowed to play. Well, the three weeks were up yesterday. They're up. So, once your three weeks are up, you can't be put back on the pup list. So you either have to be activated, you have to be cut, or you have to be put on IR, okay? And the Arizona Cardinals knew all along we're going to activate him at the end of the three weeks. That's my opinion. Bob McManum, an Arizona Republic, joined us yesterday and said, point blank, he was ready to play last week. And he thought he should have played last week. And I think the speculation is Browns are really good. Browns could hurt Kyler Murray, and it's on the road. And they're probably worried a little bit about the weather forecast going in, especially when you look at it from a from the prism of August of what the weather might be like in early November in Cleveland. I think this was the game they had targeted from the beginning. And then even though Kyler might have accelerated, been able to accelerate um, his comeback, they weren't going to deviate from that plan. That that's that's more of a guess for me. So now that you understand the pup list, technically it's really not news that he was activated yesterday. But what did I do? I, I fell into the media trap too. The beginning of four minute offense this morning. Hey, Kyler Murray's active. Well, in truth, if he wasn't active, it's a bigger story because then he's either on IR and out for the year, or he's cut. And they just said get all, get lost. We're going to pay you to go away. All right. Did you really think one of those two things were going to happen? Now, here's where, to me, this is, this is huge. This is a fascinating conversation to me going forward. Is Kyler Murray the 2024 starting quarterback? The way Jonathan Gannon talks, it's absolutely he is. The way Monty Ford talks, absolutely he is. I, I will never be convinced it's such an easy decision. Here's why. Sorry I stopped to take a drink. When I look at the Arizona Cardinals going forward, even if you're a Kyler Murray supporter, are you 100% sure he's the quarterback of the future? Are you 100% sure this is a Super Bowl winning quarterback? Now, this is where a lot of people get into debates. 
this is like a great debate, okay? You and I, tell me which side of the fence you are on. Are you a Super Bowl or bust kind of guy? If you believe you're either trying to win a Super Bowl or you're wasting time, then I think you have to answer the question, is Kyler Murray a Super Bowl quarterback? To me, the answer to that question is no. There's a reason why there was a Kyler clause. There's a reason why there are tons of rumors about the amount of time he spends playing Call of Duty. There are reasons why his leadership has been questioned over and over and over again. And I don't mind looking right at you if you and I are having a beer in a bar and telling you, I used to, and granted, this is used to, okay? I used to know plenty of people within that organization who would say point blank, a lot of the things I just told you were true and would really back up his lack of leadership skills. That doesn't mean he's a bad guy. That's the one thing that I think people that are on the anti-Kyler Murray bandwagon jump to. That's ne- and I'm on the anti-Kyler Murray background or, or, or bandwagon only as it relates to his abilities to lead a team to a Super Bowl. I am not on that bandwagon about the human being. He's not a bad guy at all. He just thinks, I just want to get out there Sunday and play football. Why does everybody get – I just want to go play football. He loves the game. He loves competing. But to me, he has never had the concept that competition in the NFL is every single day. No matter what you think of Carson Palmer, you haven't seen preparation until you talk to Carson Palmer, until you talk to Kurt Warner. I've had conversations with them that have lasted hours about all that they did to get ready. I've never had that conversation with Kyler. Kyler is not a friend, and I don't know what he does to prepare. I know what people inside used to tell me about what he takes to prepare, and I know it's nowhere near Carson Palmer and nowhere near Kurt Warner. So my opinion then becomes, quit telling me this narrative about how competitive Kyler Murray is. For some reason, a lot of people think you're a very competitive person if you whine and sulk when you lose. That makes you competitive. They say because you hate losing so bad that you throw a little fit. That shows you're a competitive person. I reject that openly. What shows me that Carson Palmer is a competitive person is how he attacks his preparation because he hates to lose so bad. So Carson Palmer's competing for seven days a week. To me, Kyler Murray competes for four hours a day or four hours a Sunday. Now, let me defend Kyler on, a, on the flip side. I have no idea what he's like today. I have the, the, I'm not trying to be a jerk or, or, or make you feel sorry for me here. The Cardinals are so scared of what I know as it relates to Terry McDonough as it relates to three different female employees uh, in the in the office, and as it relates to uh, the former offensive line coach. The, the things that I know, they're scared to death about. And therefore, I'm not as close to the organization as I used to be, which means I don't know if Kyler's changed. I don't know if the firing of his former head coach, a head coach that come in has come in and demands accountability, stands up to Kyler Murray and doesn't let him get away with anything. Everything I'm telling you could be old news. It's not fake news, but it could be old news. And it is fair to judge the new Kyler to see how he prepares. I bring that up as it relates to 2024. If he's a changed person, and takes football, takes 
competing during the week more seriously. Who knows what this young man could do? Who knows? I mean, the talent is there. All right? I personally don't think Kyler Murray can do it both mentally because he doesn't prepare the way I want a quarterback to prepare, but I also have this theory, and I don't know if it's right, but I believe he can only be successful using his legs. Not meaning he has to run every play. I mean, that has to be a major part of his game. Because of that, I think he has a penchant for getting hurt. And I don't think he's physically tough. So when you weigh that, great, both of those are opinionated statements. You have every right to disagree. But if both of those are true, how's he going to stay healthy for 17 games? Show me the year that he has been healthy for 17 games. Show me the time that he can do that. And I think he needs to run in order to be successful, and that can lead to injuries. So this is, a, this is proof right now, these remaining games, of whether or not the Arizona Cardinals draft a quarterback, number one or number two, in a very quarterback-heavy draft without a clear-cut number two. Now, everybody likes Caleb Williams. Not everybody likes him number one, but everybody likes Caleb Williams. And then there's a whole bunch of other quarterbacks that you have to choose from. Do the Arizona Cardinals think they have a better chance of developing that one with a new general manager, new head coach, new offensive coordinator? Or do they think they have a better chance of creating a competitive, studying version of Kyler Murray? It's going to be a lot easier if it's the latter. And that's what they need to see. And if they don't see it, there's going to be a new quarterback. I love this test. And, and, but the Cardinals are doing a very good job of downplaying everything I just said. Saying Kyler's the man, Kyler's the man, Kyler's the man. And it's smart to do that because he is the man until he's not. You know what I mean? Declaring Kyler Murray a sunken ship and saying we're playing for 2024 would be the dumbest thing to do it publicly. But it feels like that's already what they're doing. Let's get into some of the things that were said by the Cardinals. We'll start with Drew Petsing. Uh, we'll do uh, Petsing 1 and 2, and then we'll go Nick Rollis, if you don't mind, uh, Jeff Weir Production. Uh, this is uh, Drew Petsing, the offensive coordinator. And I, I thought this was a really good question. Because he's just coming off of an injury and because of his pension for getting injured, are there limitations on Kyler Murray, Drew? Do you, do you have him running less in order to keep him healthy? Um, I wouldn't. I would ultimately no. I mean, he's healthy. He's ready to go. We're going to put him in a position to be successful. I think that's always the nature when you have a franchise quarterback and you see that around the league when they are very mobile. There's an injury risk that's associated with that. So we have to manage that as all teams with the elite quarterbacks do. Um, but he's going to do what puts us in the best position to win the game. That's part of the reason why they waited, and I think also, again, opinionated statement. Nobody has backed this up within the organization for me. I think there's also a level of because the narrative behind Kyler Murray's toughness is a negative one. I think they held him out longer than they needed to in order to make sure he doesn't have any excuses. Bob McManaman told us yesterday that Kyler Murray was ready to play in Cleveland. 100% ready to play. And the team didn't activate him last week. I think that's a sign and kind of a message to Kyle, like, okay, you you think you're ready, so now that we know you think you're ready, we're waiting one more week, and now we know you're ready. And no more excuses, you're ready to go. 
I think that's important. Now, as it relates to the next Drew Penzing, I, th- I thought this was good in which talking about do you worry about Kyler Murray getting hurt? Do you do you keep the the run calls for him at a lower pace out of fear uh, of him getting hurt? Yes and no. I mean, it's you know, there's always going to anytime he runs and gets tackled, no matter what the situation from now till the end of time. I think there's always going to be like, hey, get up, he's good. You know, I think anytime you have a great player in that position, you feel that way to some extent. Uh, but no, he, he's so dynamic at it. He's certainly done it at a high level. So um, he's going to get tackled. Uh, you know, that's that's a fact at some point during the game. So, uh, no, I think at the end of the day, we'll be good with it. When Kyler first came out, a lot of people acted like he's not going to get hit. He's faster than a lot of guys. They also love that he was a baseball player, which means he actually knows how to slide. And if you don't think that's important, watch old RG3 film. It is crazy, the athleticism of RG3. And yet he Manning, couldn't... too. What? <laughs> Peyton Manning, too. Yeah, yeah. Well, at least, but Manning, at least we knew he was never running. Okay, we had that. Well, that's fair. Yeah, that's the thing. With RG3, it was insane how athletic he looked when he ran. And then if he tried to slide, it was the most unathletic. I mean, think about this. This is what's been very confusing to me. I am, you know, 50 years old and pounds. I mean, I don't know what happened. Uh, Seriously, I'm about 255 now. I've lost two pounds, player, player, getting on the bike again. But uh, with that, I could still walk right out here on the grass and slide and look outstanding doing it. Now, I couldn't get up. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like, hey hey little help you know i would i would struggle getting up but i could slide rg3 could never slide it makes no sense that a person of his athletic caliber can't slide well with the fact that kyler can slide and the fact that kyler is fast and we thought hey you just run out of bounds he wouldn't get hit he gets hit all the time he gets hit all the time and he gets himself into these weird positions because he doesn't go down soon enough when he is around the line of scrimmage. So at the last second, he goes down, and then he just kind of gets fallen on, and he crumples up into a ball. So that's something that I don't think anybody anticipated. So you could see Drew Petzing's a little nervous about it, but it, I think he's not that hard to defend if he's not running. That's why I think the running game is vitally important. Called runs for Kyler Murray vitally vitally important option runs vitally important and at the same time then he's got the arm strength to make any throw in the game and if he's learned the defenses learned the offense of course this guy's the future quarterback but I have my doubts I think there are you have a better chance with a different quarterback at winning a Super Bowl now back to my other point about winning the Super Bowl maybe your argument is just be good enough to win games just you know, get better pieces around Kyler. I and, and if you're saying I need him to manage the game, I don't need him to win the game. Okay. But that takes a lot better defense and a lot better offensive line. And you're so far from that, do you really think Kyler's going to be able to stay healthy for the three years it would take to build around him? So if your philosophy is, hey, just get somewhere close to the playoffs, and that's okay. And anything can happen in the playoffs. Look at the Diamondbacks. Anything can happen. Just get in. Well, then, I I do believe Kyler Murray is one of the top 14 quarterbacks in the NFL. And top 14 puts you 
in the playoffs, usually. Not always, because sometimes you have a good quarterback and nothing else, and sometimes teams are so good and have an average quarterback, and that's good enough to get in. So what's, what's your opinion? Just get me into the playoffs? Well, then stay with Kyler. If it's winning a Super Bowl, then you have to decide, can Kyler Murray do it? I've already decided, no, he can't. So since I've decided, no, he can't, why do I want to waste time with him? I am not saying the alternative is a good one. I'm not saying I'm ready to see Clayton Toon for seven more weeks. Oh, my gosh. How miserable is that? I get it. But I'm still drafting a quarterback in the 2024 NFL draft, if I'm the Arizona Cardinals, that I expect to replace Kyler Murray with. And if Kyler Murray has a fantastic end of the season, I sit right here and I recant. But I admit I would give 50% of the credit to the current coaching staff and 50% of the, the credit to Kyler Murray for adjusting. And, and for maturing, and he would he would deserve that, and and I would have to totally eat crow. Uh, different story now, same team, but different story. They take on the Atlanta Falcons, and I don't know if you have been watching this. I've seen Steve McCollum on the main event bring it up uh, quite a bit early in the year. They uh, they keep using the overhead camera for Bijan Robinson with the Atlanta Falcons, and you really get this appreciation for how he just crushes ankles and what what he can do to people with his moves. And some of it, dare I say, is Barry Sanders-esque. Not the same types of movements, but his uh, – nobody talks about this. To me, let me bring up something weird about B. John Robinson. And uh, on that point, Barry Sanders. It was their breaks. People talk about how fast you are, how quick you are, your moves, blah, blah, blah. Nobody talks about your breaks. <laughs> your ability at a certain speed to stop, it is a gift, okay? There are a lot of players in the NFL that are fast. And relatively speaking, faster than humankind, but not faster than each other. Okay, some guys are slow in an NFL way, but when I say slow, the guy's running a 5-2-40 at 300 pounds. That still ain't slow. All right, still faster than the vast majority of us. But what happens is once you get certain guys moving at their top speed, they ain't stopping. Once the train's on the tracks, it ain't stopping. Bijan Robinson has unbelievable breaks. I mean, he stops, every, the, the world just keeps rotating. It's like he's going the other way. So you give yourself up. You don't mean to. But when he puts on the brakes, you can't stop. You've cleared the lane. But if you go slower with more of a pitter-pat of your feet because you're worried about his brakes, then you can't catch him. Then he's too fast. And I've seen other camera angles where they actually put in a sense of cursor on him and you can see the trail of tears behind. I shouldn't have used that reference because it's such a historically sad reference. So I should have come up with something else. So I'm sorry about that. But he leaves this trail behind him that is just so devastating when you see the line on the field. He went here, 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 here. And, then, and there's just people laying around on the people that he faked out. Well, here's Nick Rollis's breakdown, breakdown, breakdown as a defensive coordinator of what Robinson brings to the table. He's, he's so efficient with how he plays the game. You know, the... When he, when he, whether it's an outside zone play or it's an inside run like a, like a duo or something like that, there's no wasted space with those creases that he finds. And so he hugs those blocks tight 
on top of being extremely explosive, he can accelerate fast, so he can start to stop his momentum, find his lane out there, goes it just opened up and he hits it fast. And so like efficient in terms of there's no wasted space on the grass and there's no wasted time as soon as that thing opens, he hits it. And then when he gets rolling, like he's fast, he's big, he runs violent. And so he makes the two yard, should have been a two yard gains into eight yard gains. And that's what scares you a little bit about him is that he can, when you feel like you're executing at a high level, whether it's, hey, this was a great call, this was a scheme, hey, we played these blocks great, we fit this good. Sometimes he can make those yards out of nothing. And so that's what makes him, a, honestly, a really good running back, in my opinion. And then on top of that, you give him the cup violation or whatever it is, he's going to make an explosive out of it. So um, he pops off the tape. Without a doubt, he's he's a talented, talented player, but a natural runner with the football, you know. And honestly, he can he can catch the ball as well. So complete player. You'll never hear a coach on the opposing team stand up at a press conference and say, "Yeah, Bijan Robinson, he he's done some things for uh you know against other teams, but the way we look at it is our defense, we're way too physical. We're gonna hurt him. He doesn't have his chance against us. We're not worried about Bijan Robinson at all. Quite frankly, I think he's a little overrated. But if you want to ask me about overrated players, go right ahead. You know, who's gonna say that? Every coach always makes it sound like every player on the other team they're about to face is going to the Hall of Fame. But sometimes you can listen to a coach and you could hear he means it. <laughs> and that was it. I just thought that was a fantastic breakdown, breakdown, breakdown of B. John Robinson to be able to look at that situation, look at what he does, and describe the difficulties for a team. Now, let's get into hardcore football, uh, IQ football, X's and O's. Some of you that love the game and know the game really well, I understand this is going to be a little basic for you. Okay, I understand that. But you might enjoy the refresher. And for, But I want, I want everybody to love the game the way those of us that do love the game. And I think love is brought out more with knowledge. Okay? So this is really how B. John Robinson affects things. Luckily... The Falcons don't have a great quarterback situation. Probably going to be Tyler Heineke again. He was a really up-and-coming, not up-and-coming, that's a little strong, but he was a surprise for the Washington football team in how close he continually either did lead them to the playoffs or got them close. He's he's, a, he's more of a bridge quarterback, more of a, hey, man, that the backup everybody loves kind of guy. So Atlanta has some deep-rooted quarterback problems, but what they do a fantastic job of is play action. And play action just simply means faking the run game. That's play action. Well, with a back as good as B. John Robinson, imagine your boss every day this week. Hey, we got we to get ready for Friday because this shipment's coming in and this shipment's this and this shipment's this. And we got to have, you know, and so, I mean, you're, you're on it. You're telling you, hey, man, Friday's a big day, big day. Hey, can I have a big breakfast on Friday? We got this coming in or I got to be ready. You know, okay, you stay late on Thursday night because you're going to make sure everything's ready for the shipment, whatever it is. You're fired up, you're fired up, you're fired up for the shipment. And then the shipment's not there. You show up for work Friday, there's no shipment. Now... You're like, what's going on? This is awful. So you lower your bar. You lower your guard. 
And then come 3 o'clock in the afternoon, here comes the shipment. What? We were ready at 8. Now we got to do this. Oh, we've only got two. Okay, and now everybody's freaking out. It's exactly what good play action is like. Because all week long, B. John Robinson, B. John Robinson, B. John. Okay, Sunday, Sunday, two o'clock. I'm ready. B. John Robinson, B. John Robinson. And then the quarterback takes the ball and he puts it right in the stomach of B. John Robinson. Here comes B. John Robinson. Okay, okay, here I come. And you come running up to make this play on B. John Robinson. And you hit B. John Robinson. Yeah, I knew I was ready. Yeah, yeah. There's just one problem. Bijan doesn't have the ball. It was play action. You were so jacked up to get ready for Bijan Robinson. And they ran the receiver right behind you. And once you ran up, they threw it over your head. Now, even though I kind of went a little dramatized there, all it takes is a step. The NFL is so specific, is so precise. It only takes one bad step from a linebacker stepping up that creates room between him and the safety, or even worse, a safety coming up to help in run. And then somebody gets called, it's called going over the top. Now somebody gets beat deep. And how many times, and here's something, if you kind of want to know, learn body language a little bit, and, and, and hardcore football people know this, so I'm not educating anybody that's not hardcore, but if you ever watch a play, and as soon as the play is over, either a touchdown or a big gain, watch people in the secondary. If ever a guy whips his head around like this, yes, I was off microphone for a second, as soon as they whip their head around, and eyes light up, arms go forward, that means... You were supposed to be here. <laughs> I did my whole job, played everything with the focus that you're going to be here. And then you're not here. What, what, what happened? Well, the guy that wasn't where he was supposed to got fooled because B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson. B. John Robinson. They're all ready for B. John Robinson. And they thought, oh, I'm going to go get B. John Robinson. But what happens if you don't get like that? What happens if the shipment comes and you weren't ready for the shipment? What if you were told the shipment was coming Friday and it showed up on Thursday? <gasps> Wait, I'm not ready. Oh, no. And then you just get plowed over by the shipment. That's what happens when B. John Robinson gets the ball and you thought it was the one time they were going to go play action. Do you see how B. John Robinson makes the bad quarterback situation of the Falcons that much better? It's that much better because of the fact that the, the play fake is so feared with the Atlanta Falcons that it gets people out of position and it can make a below-average quarterback at least move up to average. Now, their head coach is a man named Arthur Smith, and he's struggling right now. A lot of people, I don't think it's his fault. I think it's management's fault for their quarterback decisions. But he's struggling right now because his opinion is, I'm not going to get fired. And I'm not going to get B. John Robinson killed while we're waiting as an organization to get a quarterback. Well, it kind of worked for Derrick Henry and the Titans. They were always reasonably competitive. And he made Ryan Tannehill a lot of money. Derrick Henry did. A lot of Ryan Tannehill's not that good. Give him Derrick Henry. I'm not that bad, all right, as a quarterback. So Ryan Tannehill's a really smart dude. So he's able to take advantage of the same thing, the play fake to Derrick Henry. Well, this is what we're looking at. 
So when you watch the Atlanta Falcons game this weekend, really focus on the relationship between the linebackers and Buda Baker and Jalen Thompson in being able to stop B. John Robinson and how many resources they have to devote to it and then whether or not the Cardinals, or excuse me, the Falcons can then take advantage of the resources. The best thing in the world for the Arizona Cardinals, if they can stop the run with seven in the box and stay focused and read their keys, then this Falcons offense can't do anything. It won't be able to do anything. But if you have some false steps out there, then it's like Buda Baker versus the world, and they'll torch them. Then they'll torch even a poor quarterback. This is a great test to really see whether or not the Arizona Cardinals defense is well coached on whether they're listening. And uh, so I can't wait. This is actually a neat matchup for the future to kind of be able to study the Arizona Cardinals. All right, coming up next. Hopefully you felt like you liked that breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. I went really deep on the Cardinals game uh, against the Falcons. But next, let's talk a little more football, but different style. Why are the Arizona Rattlers going out west? Why are they going to Glendale? Is this a good move? We're going to talk to the president and head coach. Kevin Guy coming up right here on WTSMTV.com. It's big, it's juicy, it's meaty. Get your burrito at Burrito Express. If you're having a hangover, a bad day, even a good day, still get your burrito at Burrito Express. It will make you feel better. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old. And I'm going to do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're going to start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now. I'm going to throw somebody under the bus right now. Okay. I was going to say, I was getting ready to throw somebody under the bus. Not head coach Kevin Guy. Head coach Kevin Guy was very specific to me that he's got to get the kids ready. Or not, not well, I shouldn't say kids, because one of them can take care of herself. The oldest one is more mature than Coach Guy. Let's just say that. But the youngest one, he, he said specifically to me, hey, I got to get Cody out the door at 710. So until he's out the door, I, I can't come on. So when Kevin Guy wasn't signed in right at 714, because coach time is two minutes early. And I was a little worried that Cody was running late. But no, Kevin Guy right there, 715, right on time. Hi, coach. How are you? Good morning. How you doing? Good, good. How's the family? Uh, everybody's good. Everybody's away. So that means I'm, I'm doing everything. <laughs> if if it's football wise, I believe in you. If it's something in the house, I don't. Not at all. Not at all. Hey, I got up this morning. I cooked breakfast. You know, I, I let the dog out. You know, I fed the dog. I've done everything this morning already. <laughs> well, okay. Well, well, I want constant reports to see if you can continue in your success. All right. You know, you know where I'm going first. Let's start with it. Why are the Arizona Rattlers in Glendale? Well, I, I think the timing's just right for the organization. The, uh, the West Valley is, is growing tremendously. We're still going to market to the whole valley. Uh, you know, we are the Arizona Rattlers. We're going to market to the whole state. And 
you know, but just, you know, with an opportunity to be the main tenant at Desert Diamond Arena, uh, you know, I would say, you know, uh, uh, Dell Adams and his staff has been over backwards uh, to, to really make this partnership work. Um, but it was an opportunity for us to become the main tenant. And there's not a lot of arena football teams that can say that out there. Um, and, you know, um, we had a lot of conversations with, with the city and it, it just seemed like a great fit. We've had success there in the past too. Our, our biggest crowd ever was over 17,000 in that building. So we had an opportunity to move out there and, um, you know, I, I, I really, uh, you know, we, we may, we may drop a few fans, uh, that, uh, that don't want to make the drive from the East side, but, uh, all of our fans are not from the East side. They're from, they're from Phoenix. They're from the West side. Um, so we, we, we might drop, three percent but but you know uh we also think we're gonna go out there and pick up another 15 20 25 percent when you what were some of the factors that led to this decision well ron and i've talked about it for a few years you know and uh, ultimately it's it's it's, he makes the final decision right On, on on a move like this so um you know, I, I think that, you know, we've had a great partnership, uh, you know, with with the Footprint Center downtown uh, for for 30 years. It, it, you know, the, the building itself has changed names. I, I can't even keep up with it <laughs> anymore. But, you know, the it's changed names so many times. Uh, but, you know, the people that work there have been great. You know, the Suns, you know, Ron is, is one of the Phoenix uh, Suns uh, sponsors with his own personal company. So, uh, a nexus. And, and, and so, you know, part of that partnership was the Suns were, were, were selling our tickets and they formed a group, a sports group that kind of sold the Mercury and Rattlers tickets. And, um, you know, and I, you know, I don't know. I mean, I've been in Ron's ear for a few years. I just felt like we were leaving, uh, you know, money on the table, um, you know, that we needed to bring tickets back in house at some point. Um, and, and I think when the Suns, you know, had an ownership change, okay? You know, they're looking at new ways to build their business, mm-hmm. and and we were looking at new ways to build our business, and, and it just made sense. I totally understand the Footprint Center and the arena making decisions in the month of August that they looked at as, hey, we've got to do what's best for the arena. So if Madonna wants to come to town and this is the weekend, Madonna's coming to town. And as you mentioned, you're not only not the first tenant, you're the number three tenant downtown because the Mercury and the Suns both got priority over you. And I knew that had to drive you crazy on a couple Sundays when you played because the Mercury got a Saturday night or something like that. So now what can you say about being the number one tenant? Are you already pretty confident that Saturdays in August, if you've earned a home playoff bid, it will be, you know, probably on a Saturday night. You know, I don't know about the day. We, we, you know, we've always done well on Saturday nights, but we've also always done well on Sunday afternoons. Okay. Fridays, Fridays has always been a struggle for us in downtown Phoenix because of the traffic, you know? Oh, yeah. Uh, So we've tried to stay away from Fridays, but Saturdays and Sunday afternoons have always been great for us. And, and, uh, you know, I, I will tell you this, I've already got the dates uh, worked out with the building for 25 and 26, uh, the, the year 25, 26. So, uh, like I said, they have been great to work with. Uh, we, we are going to have about 50% Saturday night dates this year and 50% Sunday. Okay. Uh, a lot of that was because we did the, we're doing the deal so late. Um, uh, 
And, you know, uh, you know, th this thing's a process, you know, everybody thinks we can just snap our fingers and jump from this building to this building. I mean, we've, we've been negotiating for months and, uh, and having these conversations and how, how it works. And cause it's not just about having our games there, you know, it's, it's where we're putting our front office, where, where, what are we doing with the practice facility? We, we have a great facility out in East Mesa, uh, that, that we have a long-term contract with. There are some outs there. Um, but, you know, uh, does it make sense uh, to move to uh, the Glendale area? Um, you know, probably uh, at some point, you know, so we just got to look at all that. We got to have those conversations. Um, there's a lot of land out there. Uh, there's, there's a lot of businesses to partnership uh, to partner with. So, you know, I, it's not too far fetched to see us go out there and build our own facilities mm -hmm. either. Wow, that's that's a, a huge part of the story. If you don't mind, stay stay on that a little bit longer. So as of right now, nothing is official, but you're exploring moving the entire – because it's one thing just to move on game day. You know, every game day go out there and, and keep what you're used to. But right now, nothing nothing finalized, but you're looking into the possibility of moving the entire organization to the west side. Yeah, I think when you make a move like this, Doug, I mean, everything's on the table, right? And, and, it, and it, it, it really – kind of comes down to you know what makes sense what makes financial sense uh, you know but we're you know ron believes and i believe also that you know you got to be a part of the community and and you know that's that's part we're we're a community team uh we certainly got a great product you know uh on the field mm -hmm. uh but you know part of being an arizona rattler is 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 you know we require uh you know, our players, uh, our coaches, you know, um, dance team, you know, mascot to give one hour a week back to the community. So uh, that's part of being being a Rattler, and, and, and that will always be the policy as long as I'm here. Hmm. So you're not only the head coach, but you're also the team president. You, you're heavily involved in a lot of ownership issues. So let me go in that direction. Tell me about the league. How does the league feel about this move? And, and how do you feel about the IFL right now? Do you consider it a growing league? Oh, it's 100% a growing league. We've, uh, we, we, we just announced uh, a couple of weeks ago uh, that we're uh, you know having an addition – in indianapolis uh so we got a new team coming in next year in 25 uh we are up to 16 this year <clears throat> we added uh, J uh jacksonville florida which is an old rivalry of ours everybody remembers we used to be a rivalry of them in the arena football league and uh we played them for the championship in 11 and and it was the only time jacksonville's ever beat arizona was in the championship game with two seconds left. two seconds left <laughs> horrible memory uh but We've also added San Antonio uh, for this year. And so we got two great markets. Um, you know, uh, Todd Tryon, our commissioner, is doing a great job at the league level. And, um, you know, we're just continuing to grow. Uh, you know, we got great partners in this league. And, and uh, you know, you're going to continue to see that. We, you know, we, we have another team we're going to announce. We're not ready to do that yet, but that's coming to get us to 18 teams. Um, and then, uh, you know, we probably got five, six, seven applications on the table right now, but we're getting to the point where we can be very selective hmm. um, of what kind of ownership, you know, we bring in and, um, and, and who it is. So, uh, you know, I think our last uh, four or five have been, been excellent choices. So um, we'll, we'll, we'll see as we, as we go here, but uh, I'm excited about the future of the IFL. 
And I'm guessing, uh, I'm kind of putting you on the spot on this, but it's one thing to expand, but one of the most important things for uh, sports that aren't quote-unquote in the four major uh, sports is to not have contraction. And it looks like on the IFL website, you, it doesn't look like you're losing anybody. Am I right? Yeah. We're, we're, no, we haven't lost anybody in a few years. And, and I think that's that's the, strong. That's what's great about this, this business model. Um, is, is this a fit? I mean, you keep seeing, I mean, you keep seeing like the USFL, the XFL, you see these other indoor leagues pop up and, and, you know, they just don't have the right business model. And, you know, we're, we are built for the long haul. Um, you know, sure. We can't control every market. It's tough. Right. Uh, you know, the ultimate goal, what keeps, what keeps teams around, uh, leagues around is, is, is those TV revenue streams. Um, but you know, a lot of things are heading towards streaming, and, and a lot of, a lot of uh, opportunities are opening up, and and we'll see what happens uh, as we go down the, uh, we go down the backstretch here. Man, do I totally agree with you on streaming. Hello, we are WTSMTV.com. Let me tell you, uh, or let me ask you now about your general manager's job and the big news that you announced also this week. Why did you trade Drew Powell? Well, I'm no longer the general manager, Doug. I gave that up a few years ago during COVID. (laughs) I'm the president now. You're the president, so uh, I think you had a say in it. Jeff Jernigan's our our general manager. Sorry, Jeff. Sorry, Jeff. Across my desk. Yeah, every player comes across my desk, and 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 I okay or not okay. But uh, you know, um, listen. First of all, Drew Powell's been an outstanding player for us. Um, you know, he he's done a great job. Uh, you know, certainly as a team, we have not finished the way we wanted to finish in the playoffs uh, the last four seasons. You know, we didn't play in twenty. The whole league didn't play in twenty uh, because of COVID. But um, but nineteen twenty one twenty two twenty three. You know. 19, we were undefeated. We lost in the championship game, 21. Uh, you know, we got to the championship game and and and, uh, and lost to Massachusetts. I, I will honestly say we lost that game in overtime. Could we have won the game? We had our opportunity. Uh, but I did think Massachusetts, that's the only year that I thought that Massachusetts, you know, the other, that the team that we were playing was, was a better football team, you know, uh, especially from a talent side. Just a, I'm just talking purely talent. I'm not talking about, X's and O's and discipline mm-hmm. and all that. Uh, you know, I, I think the Rattlers are ahead of a lot of teams in that area. But, you know, uh, when you get to, uh, you know, 22 and, and, and 23, um, you know, we, we, we just didn't uh, – we didn't play well. 22, we lost right there again on the last, uh, you know, few seconds of the game. Uh, and, then, and then last year, uh, you know, we had de- seven defensive stops, seven defensive stops, and we lose the game. And that hasn't sat well with me, okay, mm-hmm. uh, because we take a lot of pride on both sides of the ball. Our offense has been the number one scoring offense eight out of the last ten years, and those, those two years we weren't, we were number two. Um, and one of those years was the year we, we, we moved to IFL, and uh, we were learning the game, and, and we got hot towards the end of the season, won the championship, but we finished number two that year in scoring offense. So, you know, uh, we, we try to build our teams on both sides of the ball to compete for a championship. And and uh, we just had an opportunity there. Um, you know, Tucson got a new coach. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, Billy Billy back. And, and Billy's been on a really hot run the last several years. Uh, and, he you know, obviously he was in the he, – he, he re-signed uh, Ramon Atkins, um, and who had a great – 
his first two years in the league, he's had he's had a pretty good run. You know, the first year I believe he was he was the uh, offensive player of the year, or rookie of the year, or something like that. And then and then last year, you know, Tucson was the third seed, and and uh, I just felt like you know, and, and ultimately it, 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 every, the buck stops at my desk, and and I, I we we signed Drew as soon as the season was over because I'm from the world of what Bill Bar- Parcells always said. You know, uh, you know, you don't you don't move on from a t- to a player till you feel like you got someone as good or better. And uh, you know, with Drew, you know, w- we know we're going to win with Drew. Uh, but I felt like it was a time for a change. Uh, mm-hmm. I felt like it was time for a change for the Arizona Rattlers. I felt like it was a time for a change for Drew. And and sometimes, uh, for whatever reasons, and Drew is capable of winning championships for whatever reason. It just didn't happen for us. And. And, uh, you know, I just felt like it was time for a change. So we, we did the trade with Tucson and got Ramon. And then, uh, you know, Snead came available. And, you know, when you look at it, Drew, uh, Dalton Snead, and Ramon Axon, all three were the top three seed quarterbacks in the West last year. So we got two of them now. Um, so that's going to that's gonna hurt another team out there mm. that probably would have one of them. Uh, but we're going to have great competition. I love Dalton Snead, too. Greatly, obviously, he's coming off a championship, but uh, he's got great leadership. Uh, he, you know, both of our quarterbacks now live in the market. Ramon is a elementary uh, uh, school teacher, and uh, oh. you know, Dalton Sneed owns his own business, and uh, we're going to help you know him, help him market his business and help him grow. And that's kind of what this thing's about, right? Is building your brand. But I think Dalton Sneed and and Ramon, we got two really good ones there, and. And we'll see how, how that thing plays out. But, uh, you know, I, I, I like our chances right now. Well, you might you might have already answered this question then. I'm not shocked mm. that you traded Drew Powell. I'm shocked that you traded him to Tucson because now you've got to deal with Drew Powell. Mm. But the <clears throat> way you just talked about Ramon Atkins, was it more about what you got than the team you uh, – you? because I if it's me, hey, Jacksonville, you need a quarterback. You're starting up. Let's, let's get you over into the east so we don't have to see you anymore. Yeah. Well – you got to remember, Jacksonville and San Antonio are exist, existing teams. They came from other leagues to the oh, IFL, okay. so that okay. they, yep. they already have personnel. Okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I was in deep talks uh, with Jawad up at Massachusetts about moving Drew up there, uh, but ultimately, Jawad, you know, has a quarterback coming in this year that he really likes. Um, so, you know, trade players to trade players. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard to get value in a league like this, okay? Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's not like the NFL where you can get some draft picks and a player and things like that. So it's hard to kind of, you know, feel good about the, 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 you know, the trade. But really, I mean, listen, Tucson was the only one that, uh, that, that offered up, you know, the, the most value. And, and listen, we got a top three quarterback in the West. We got a playoff quarterback, you know, for Drew. And we knew we were signing Dal- Dalton Sneed. So, I, I, you know, we just couldn't turn that down because we're that quarterback room is going to be very strong this year. That makes uh, that makes and, perfect and, sense. and if you look at the history, Doug, if you look at the history of IFL, I mean, look, last year we lost we lost Drew for six weeks. Okay, he got hurt. Uh, you know, Raina came in and kind of kept us in the race. Um, you know, but we didn't, you know, we didn't take off like I really wanted to. And, and partly, you know, to be fair to Raina, he was learning a new, you know, Drew got hurt early in the season. Yeah. A lot of that's timing. Uh, Raina was learning the offense. And, uh, 
you know, and, and, and that's, that, you know, that's, that's, uh, you know, obviously a challenge when you're trying to learn an offense and all of a sudden, boom, I'm the starter now. Uh, and, and we kind of went 500 during that stretch, but we stayed in the race and we still wound up being the number one seed because we got hot and won our last eight games. This is uh, probably one of the toughest questions a coach ever has to try to figure out how to handle, but Drew, one of the best regular season quarterbacks in the history of, of indoor football, always seemed to struggle in the postseason. Can a coach actually coach clutch? Can you coach how to handle pressure? Can you coach a guy to be clutch? Or do you think clutch is an innate gene that certain people have? Well, listen, um, there's a team out on the field. And, and, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and hang everything on Drew. Uh, certainly, you know, I've always said this, head coaches, quarterbacks get too much of the blame. We get too much of the uh, – you know the glory when things are going right, and and uh, you know I, I think that uh, you know again I go back to it was just time to make a change. He needed a change. We needed a change. Listen, you know our fan base uh, was just brutal to him at the last two two years after uh, after the playoff games. And, and listen, they bought their ticket. They they have a right to their opinion. But if you if you don't think that that affects someone's mindset, okay. Um, you know, now certainly there were some some fans that 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 loved loved Drew, but I, I really felt like, you know, um, it was tough. I think it was tough on him. Um, you know, I, you know, I I'm not one of them people that you know. I'm, I'm mentally I don't pay attention to that stuff. I, you you know me, Doug. I will yeah. tell somebody where to go in a heartbeat. Okay, <laughs> so you, you know, the people I've been one of those people before. <laughs> What's that? I said I've been one of those people before. <laughs> yeah, so I don't I don't mind telling people, you know, stuff. But when, listen, these these players, you know, they might be grown, but they're still young, and mm -hmm. and they're the generation that grew up on social media, and it affects them. It affects them mentally, and you know, um, you know, I I felt like last year, you know, for whatever reason, I you know, when we when we went into that game, it just looked like there was some added pressure on him going into that game. And, and just look at reading his body language, his face. You know, I'm calling the play, so he's up close and personal to me so I can read body language and, and and you know, I could see something was bothering him, you know. and uh, But, again, I don't put it on him. I mean, listen, the receivers have stopped, still got to get the depth of the routes. They got to catch the ball. We got to block. I mean, there's a lot of things that happen. But in the four playoff games that we lost in the last four years, you know, Unfortunately for Drew, I mean, he, you know, he had 13, 14 turnovers, you know, and that, you know, that's not a winning recipe. I, I, listen, Drew's not going out there saying, hey, I want to turn the ball over. That, you know, he's not doing it on purpose. He just, he just had a little bit of run of, of, of the wrong kind of luck, you know, mm -hmm. and, and uh, you know, and, and sometimes you just need a change, you know. And listen, the Arizona market is different, Okay. Uh, and I'm not saying this about Drew. I'm saying this for any player that comes in and plays for us. If you don't, if you don't have the right type of uh, of character coming in with the player, okay, somebody that that's mature and 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 got a hold of their life, you know that that the nightlife in Arizona and, and you know specifically in Scottsdale can swallow you up, okay, and. Uh, for guys that are not from this market, that that is not used to going out in that in, in that uh, atmosphere, uh, and and listen, a lot of our Rattler players are household names out here. You know, the community knows who they are, and 
you know, um, and some guys can handle that and some guys can't. And I'm not saying that's Drew. I'm just saying in general, when we bring players in, we've had to move on from a few players that couldn't handle, you know, uh, you know, the, 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 the after hours, the, the nightlife of, of, of Arizona. And, uh, you know, no, KG loves it. <laughs> I have a lot of fun. But, you know, I get up and go to work the next morning. And, you know, my dad always taught me work hard, play hard, you know. And, you know, so uh, – but some people just can't can't handle that. And, and you know, so, um, so Matt, you know, we're just making a lot of changes. We just felt like with the change going to Glendale, going to a new building, it was time to make some changes. And uh, and, and, and part of this thing, Doug, is, is being a coach in this league. And I don't care if you're in the NFL – you're in Canada, the Indoor Football League, XFL, USFL. We're all coaching the same age group, okay? We're all coaching the same age group. You see on the news all the time where these players get in trouble okay? because, you know, there's something going on that they, you know, in their life outside of, of what they're there to do. And um, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, it, it change. And, and, and with making this change, I, I think Drew – you know, moving to a different market, a different team. I think he's going to grow from that, and he's going to learn from this experience. I told him on the phone, man. I said, Drew, and he took it well. I said, Drew, I'll always be your coach. I love you to death. Uh, you know, and and I'm going to be here to support you, whether you're on on uh, you know my team here at the Rattlers or, or, or not. You know, and and uh, it just so happened. Now, what, listen, we weren't going to trade him to anybody in the West but Tucson. I want to make that clear. Oh, okay. okay? Uh, Tucson was the only one to offer some value, but. You know, when I sit and look at, at, at Bay Area, okay, um, you know, the thing I liked about Tucson, you know, Billy's overhauling the whole roster down there. You know, so I was mm -hmm. like, hey, that's a little bit better risk than sending them to somewhere like Bay Area that's coming off a championship and got a championship roster. I mean, you're not going to do anything to make them better, right? Mm -hmm. um, you know, Duke City, Vegas, they've all made some moves. San Diego, they've all made some moves. Naz, I mean – Naz does a great job. I mean, they sign young players, and then every year around playoff time, they start getting hot. So, um, you know, so you know, if, ideally, if you're going to ship them somewhere, you ship them east, which is where he's from anyway. Uh, but in the end, I thought Massachusetts was the only team that was going to offer me anything with value. And then Billy came in and offered us some value, and we, we felt good about it. Hey, thanks for your time. It was, uh, it was detailed, and you gave us a lot of good info for uh, Rattlers fans. Best of luck in Glendale. Yeah. As a West Side guy, I'm excited to have you. Yeah, we're, we're excited about the move. I mean, you know, we feel like we're going to make an economic impact, uh, you know, on, in, in the West Valley and in the community. And, and uh, I know everybody here uh, at the Rattlers are, are excited about it because we got some opportunity, you know, uh, like I said, you know, when, you're, when you got an opportunity to be the main tenant in, in, in a building, you know, I mean, some of the things that we negotiated in that lease is going to be outstanding for our organization. And it just made financial sense. Um, and, and uh, you know, like I said, we, we, we loved where we played for 30 years and, and our partnership with the Suns. But, you know, every company's growing. And uh, the West Side is booming. I mean, go look at what the projections are over the next 10 years. We might be hitting that market, hitting the market in the West Valley in Glendale at the right time. Yeah, I agree. Hey, good to talk to you. See you tomorrow. All right, Doug. We'll see you, mate. There's head coach Kevin Guy, Arizona Rattlers, and also team president of the Arizona Rattlers joining us here on WTSMTV.com. Uh, let the record show, I asked my official last question at 732. 
732 was the last question. Oh, my goodness. Kevin had a lot to say on the last one. Jeff Weir Production, don't I owe one more uh, beautiful part of the revenue-generating part of the program? Uh, you do not. You can if you want. Oh, but, no, uh, no. You do not. If I'm good, then great. Let's go straight to Steve McCollum, who is standing by getting ready for the main event over in, in his studio. And Steve, I, yeah, have you ever seen somebody have an eight-minute answer? That was kind of a – I didn't know whether to be intimidated by that or not. Uh, he wanted a message to be sent. Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's how I felt about it. That yeah. was there's a lot to unpack on because my last question was simply, can you coach clutch? Yeah. And I would, I personally don't think Drew. Pa- I do believe players either have the clutch or don't have the clutch, and it doesn't matter what level we're talking you, about. You can learn it yeah. uh, when you put in those situations. If you want to get better, you can get better at it, but look, I just don't like and uh, look, love Kevin Guy to death, whatever you feel about him, uh, but this is multiple times now. I've heard him get on the fans for being negative toward Drew Powell. Look, as the coach, you don't expect him to say bad things about him, 100% right. correct. They got the, I call him playoff Drew. He sucked in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. He was personally responsible for the Rattlers not advancing for the last three, four years. I know he can't say it, but don't get on the fans for being mad because he sucked in the playoffs, period. I Stop think, it. I think, though, on this one, and then, listen, you're right, but – I think not, not that you cared whether I thought you were no, right. No, no, but, no, no. Um, but, I know I'm right because I, I, I sat in the stadium and watched him suck. But I do think I think on this one, Kevin's message was more: Don't come here if you can't handle. No, I, yes, that and, and he's right. The, this fan base for the Rattlers, and I'm not a booer. I'm yeah, not any yeah. of that stuff. I don't. I don't go to social media and attack, you know, and I, yeah. I know I just did it on air, but, um, <laughs> you know, but look, I mean, Drew, you can't tell me that Drew Powell also doesn't know, but uh, yeah, if he can't handle the crowd getting upset because he throws four bad interceptions exactly. Exactly. in that playoff game, then he's not the guy to be here. That's, that's the message to be sent, sent 100% there, but I just don't like, I just don't like, you know. Calling out the fans for that. It, it does bother me because the fans have that expectation. If, if you are, as a listener, not, not Steve, but if you are watching and you're not really a Rattlers fan, you don't really care about indoor football, you are going to laugh hysterically at this opinion, but I totally mean it. <laughs> this is like the New York City of the IFL. And I know that makes absolutely no sense. But when you go to other cities, they just don't care all that much. I've been to. That's okay. Yeah, I've been to multiple um, cities, uh, AFL and IFL, over the years. And you're absolutely right. The fan base shows up here, the fan base supports the team here, the fan base cares about the team here, almost to the point where it's like Cardinals level, right? Where it's broken down every day. The people that follow this team love them and want them to be successful. And therefore, there's more pressure. Exactly. And Ex- it's a exactly championship right. caliber. Uh, I shouldn't say championship caliber. you got to oh. win. But year in and year out, they're in the playoffs. The Did it start that way, though? Did the fan base just appear whenever they sh- started? That's a great question. Or was it yeah. the winning so, that got them? Since they started yeah. – well, you, you're more local yeah, than they, me. They've but always s- been six- – Dan- look, yeah. Danny White was their head coach. The, the son of ASU football, right? The god of ASU yeah. football, uh, Dallas Cowboy, uh, was the head coach. Look, they've always had this following, but they won and were successful at the beginning. Danny White won multiple yep. championships, got him to that level. So there's always been a winning culture here. And look, it's 30 years of winning culture, and if you don't win, you're going to take some meat. Yep. Now, I'm not saying 
fans don't take it too far. I'm not saying anything like that. But, I mean, I mean, there's no other way to sugarcoat this. There's one man that cost them playoff chances. Yeah. Uh, and he's yeah. now down in Tucson. Yeah, and I, I do believe players can choke. I believe in clutch. And analytics does not believe that at all. Yeah. Analytics says that's all <laughs> Well, you can tell, man. Regular season, he throws pretty balls, completes them all. Playoffs come, and he hit, you know, he hits the linebacker across the middle <laughs> wide open. You know, And it's just like he hasn't thrown that football all season long. And you can't get on the fans for him doing that. That's extra pressure on his. Some people just don't have that, right? Marty, Sch- Mar- Marty Schottenheimer, Hall of Fame head coach in the NFL, couldn't com- couldn't figure out the playoffs, right? Yep, yep. Uh, it, it's just something that happens. And eventually, look, I'm not saying Drew Powell's a bad quarterback and or anything like that, but I said it at the end of the season, and I said it yesterday on the show. Coach Guy had a decision to make. It's get rid of an NFL – or an, I'm sorry, an MVP caliber IFL quarterback yeah. and run the risk of sucking after that. Now he got the two best quarterbacks in the West. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's turning out good for Coach Scott. Yeah, it is. That's a, that's a, a fantastic <laughs> opinion, and I, and I totally agree. So uh, what's coming up on the main event today? You know, look, it's uh, Wednesday here, of course. You know, we, you know we're going to break down the in-season uh, NBA tournament. It's our favorite subject now. Uh, what a joke. <laughs> what a joke this thing is. But no, Suns, let open ask, up. Okay, let's stop there for a second. Yeah. What? To me, I don't look at it as a joke for one simple reason. I don't care. Like, it's, okay, so that's a new court. If they would have made extra games because of that's, it. That's the argument. That would have yeah. drove it, driven me crazy. It's, it's but since regular, it's regular season, season games. It's like, okay, then I don't. That, yeah. That's why I don't think it's a joke, but yeah. I don't care. Players players get paid more. It's, it's a joke because it's the NBA's uh, trying to force it. Now, they take away from it by playing other regular season games at the door during the same time only Tuesday like last night they didn't play any games last night why they, oh, because the in-season tournament, uh, we have to line the schedule no, up. No, that's the actually a new part of the CBA where Stupid. the Players Association asked the league to have no games on Election Day. Yeah, I know. So it started last year where, like, okay, we're never going to have – like, there's it, yeah, supposedly yeah. it'll never happen again where you have games yeah, on Election Day. Yeah, because I know, because NBA players have such a hard time voting, right? <laughs> I, I, they actually say they – it's not the players. It's they the, want yeah. the fans yeah. to not think about basketball that day. Yeah. And think yeah. about voting. Yeah, yeah, because we, we can't multitask. We're so stupid, we can't multitask. I, I'm not telling you I agree with it. I'm just saying no, that's just, why there no, were no, no games yesterday. I, know. I, I, I was being gentle with the NBA, but since you brought up the real reason, let's make fun of the NBA. <laughs> okay. Hey, our fans are so stupid, they can't click a box for what they're voting for and think about the NBA at the same time. They're going to be too distracted to vote the way we want them to, so we got we got to take the whole day off so our fans can concentrate on which box they're going to click. <laughs> Get, just stupidity. Are you are you angry today? No, actually, I'm fine. Oh, okay. I didn't I didn't know what kind of uh, what kind of uh, no. I just it's just it's just stupid. I, I look. I'll call out stupidity when it's out there. I have. I for me, there's only one team that's going to play an extra game. And they get at least $200,000 extra. I'll yeah. come in and work. Hey, CEO Chris, you want me on Saturday? $200,000 a Saturday. I am here. My favorite was the player, and I, I wish I would have saved it. Was I saw it like on Saturday when I was busy at a NASCAR and stuff like that. But the player's like, I have no idea what we're doing. I know. And it's, it was just encapsulates the uh, NBA Cup. Well, I have so many times... I have ta- I have never been on a schedule like this. I've never traveled. The only team I've traveled with was ASU football, and that was you know once a week. Yeah. But 
I have been with a lot of baseball guys that have told me they wake up some mornings and they still use the hotel phone for one reason. To see where they are. Yeah, tell them where they are. Yeah. <laughs> they forget. Where am I right yeah, now? Yeah, and there's a reason rock stars have a piece of tape before they go out on stage with what city they're in. Yeah, yeah. So they don't yeah. go out in Cleveland and go, hello, Wisconsin! Because <laughs> you do. There is such a thing as uh, not knowing where you are. And I do that just from my bedroom in the morning. <laughs> I'm like, where am I? <laughs> I, I, I what time is it? <laughs> I was a little worried what your girlfriend thinks about that. You just couldn't figure out which bed you were in. Oh, zinger at the end. I was entertained by that. It's time for Versus Vegas. I don't know if I get to dance when all I did was go 1-0 yesterday. Do you get to dance on one win? I told you uh, yesterday that I liked Baylor minus one and a half over Auburn. That was actually a nip and tuck game for most of it. And Baylor won 88-82, so I got that game right. I love looking at back-to-backs. So NHL back-to-backs, NBA back-to-backs, I think that is an inherent advantage for the other team that's not on the back-to-back. Well, nobody's on a back-to-back today. Nobody. For the NBA because of the fact that they don't play any games on Election Day. See Steve McCollum for the opinion on whether or not NBA teams should be playing on Election Day. And then as far as the NHL is concerned, do you mind if I cheat real quick and look? Uh, Nobody's got a back-to-back that I see in the NHL today. So my inherent, um, I I like to say advantage of looking at that doesn't apply. Now, as far as other games without the use of a back-to-back, I really like the Suns today. Bradley Beal, I'm going to put it at about 90% chance that Bradley Beal plays today. And not that that all of a sudden means that the uh, Suns are going to be great, but the Suns are an actual underdog. How often with this team do you get the Suns as an underdog? So I'm, I, I don't love it. I'm not putting the love tag on it, although... I went one and two at the last three times I've said I love something, which is supposed to be, you know, hey, that's elite. That's a, that's a Doug Frost guarantee, guaranteed winners. And I'm one and two on games that I, I have loved. But for for you to get, even though it's only a point, for you to get a point with the Suns against a team like the Bulls, and the Bulls aren't a disaster, but they're not that great. Uh, I, I like that. I like that one um, an awful lot. That was the only one. Do you mind if I cheat? That was the only one I was totally prepared for. I just wanted to make sure the Suns line hadn't moved. And I felt really good yesterday about getting the Auburn game right. And the reason why I feel good about getting the Auburn game right, Auburn-Baylor, there's just something about getting your first game of the season right. That was my first game of college basketball. I know that's dumb. I, that, that, that shows you right there I'm an amateur at this and why you should always judge me as an amateur. Having said that, I haven't given you the gambling disclaimer in a long time. Do you mind if I do that? Number one, I, I everybody has their own unit. Your unit price is very important. That it totally fits. This is an opinionated statement by me, but it totally fits your budget. Oh my gosh, you can destroy your family if you don't do this under control and do it for fun and most importantly 100% you're only using your affordable spending money 
you're choosing instead of going out to dinner, instead of going to a movie, I'm choosing to use my expendable dollars on gambling. Please, God, don't be, in a sense, cashing your paycheck in the cashier's window at the casino, okay? The entire world of gambling, the casinos, Las Vegas, the tribal casinos around town, they're built on losing, all right? They're built on people thinking, I know what I'm doing, all right? Make sure you know that before you get into this. That's very important. And then know when I'm giving you games, I'm betting five bucks, all right? Not very much. And truthfully, I keep track of everything to give you my record, but a lot of times I go home and I forget and I don't put money on a specific game. Number two, I have started, when I started versus Vegas, I did it wrong. I've just decided, well, since I already started wrong, I'm never going to change. But nobody in that gambling space actually keeps their record. They keep their units. And the reason why is it's pretty easy on a daily basis to say something like, wow, the San Jose Sharks stink. I'm going to pick them to lose every game. Well, then, what are they right now? 1-10-1. and one. They just won last night for the first time. Go John Tortorella and the Philadelphia Flyers on that loss. But you would have bet on San Jose every game. Listen, you would have bet a dollar on San Jose to lose. You wouldn't have won a dollar. You would have only won about a quarter, 50 cents every time. So it matters that the units matter, and that's a more important way to judge whether or not someone's successful. I just started doing record because I didn't know, and I've never stopped. Uh, But college basketball-wise, here we go. Write it down. Ohio, minus nine, at home against Troy. My Bobcats aren't going to be that bad this year. Hey, by the way, uh, hello, Buffalo fans, UB for that win by the Bobcats last night. And congratulations to Tom Luganville for getting that great assignment. You had to be thrilled, Lugie. Did you text me back, by the way? Uh, no, no. Uh, there you go. Oh, look at this. <laughs> Kevin Guy just, I didn't get a text from Lugie, but I, I, I uh, got a text from Kevin Guy. Who are you throwing under the bus? Throw yourself under the bus. You told me you were going to text me last night to remind me. No, 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 Kevin. I was throwing Cody under the bus if he was late. You were perfectly on time. So relax, relax. He was joking, by the way, if you're uh, if you're wondering. So, yeah, my two games, Suns plus one, Ohio minus nine against Troy, uh, mostly because that's at home. And uh, ASU, I would actually look at that. I'm not going to do it. But ASU is getting three and a half points uh, against Mississippi State. And I like... Mississippi State's talent better, but I like Bobby Hurley better, especially at the beginning of a year when he's had all the time in the world to prepare his team versus, like, if this game was later in the year, I'd be all over Mississippi State minus three and a half. But right now, this is like a Bobby Hurley game. I I like uh, ASU plus the three and a half. I'm not going to... Oh, boy. I'm sorry I'm in deep thought right now. No. I'm not going to do it. I think it's going to be a close game. Mississippi State probably wins, and I don't know by how much. But this is where, if I would have done a little more research, I think I really like the ASU plus three and a half. That does it for today's version of Doug Front Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. 
Unplugged at Whirlwind.com. That's where to go to become a Whirlwind Plus member. Thanks for watching and everything that you've done as a member of the Unplugged Army. If you're hungry, Burrito Express, 100 Mile Brewing Company in Tempe, or go to Bell's National Kitchen in Scottsdale, or go to Rosati's at Ray and McQueen in Chandler. Anything with your air conditioning? Go to Parker & Sons, call 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. The main event is up next. I'll see you tomorrow.